everybody. Welcome to episode 466 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam, joined by Jill. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. I feel like I actually got really excited to record this because I feel like we haven't done one. We're just like us talking about books in a little while. It's been probably since the last one. Well, yeah, I know. Like we had the social justice thing, which was awesome, but also Mm -hmm. a lot of work and like wanted to make sure we got everything right. And like then we had... I don't know. I just felt I was excited to just kind of like joke around and talk about books for a while. So, um, would you like to tell everyone what we're doing today? It's pretty obvious. <laughs> sure. So, if you um, are a regular listener, it is time for our monthly book chat. So, for new listeners, every month um, at the end of the month, we look ahead to books that are being published in the upcoming month. So for this month, we're looking at August books. Those are really weird and long-winded way of explaining that. So um, <laughs> it's like a, it's a preview episode. It is our August books preview episode. That would have been so much easier. <laughs> we're we're going to preview some books and they're coming out soon. Wow. Um, okay. So um, we've been doing this for a couple of years now, I think. A couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Which is sort of bananas. Um, so we do not share our lists with each other. I suspect I have one that you might have, but um, I'm not sure. But I wanted to include it just in case you didn't. Um, so we go back and forth. We don't know what the other person is going to have. And we just talk about books that will be coming out. I, I should say by now. All right. So publishing is a little wonky these days. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> these books as of right now are scheduled to come out in August. I feel like this close to the pub date, that's probably pretty secure, but just as an FYI, publishing's a little wonky right now. Mm-hmm. Things could change. But as of right now, the books on our list are coming out in August. At least, actually, I didn't double check any of them. I should probably double check just to be sure. Yeah. And after friend, you told me that about that thing. About- yeah. Okay. Listen, friends, not to be sassy, but please respect the fact that we are doing this for you because I ha- what I do now is I have up our marketplace for all of our librarians do their purchasing so I can see all the books coming up when we have like Jill and I both do our own respective advanced searches for August. And then I have a second tab open where I Google search those books and confirm that the release date is actually accurate. Then I have a third one open to make sure that that's not just the audiobook or the ebook. So it's been this quarantine, it's the most small of small problems, but it, not knowing when a book's actually coming out is troublesome. But um, yeah, so we're all the, the links will be in the show notes. So don't worry about frantically writing them down. And then you can always find us at ProBookNerds on Twitter and Instagram. Um, or you can email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Or you can go to our friends, The Reading Glasses, and join their max fun drive, which they're doing right now, which we're not a part of. But if you join it, you can join their Slack channel where Jill and I are, and you can talk to us there. <laughs> yeah, like, really, it's great. Mallory texted like, me that. I need more places to talk about books. Yes, yeah, um, enough of those. We are available. Um, okay, did you say how many you have? I think I have eight. I'm just. I'm literally just like going through Amazon just to make okay. sure. Okay. Right, I'm so pretty I, sure these are all good. Yeah, I have ten, and while you're all good. That, Okay. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. 
Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Hey nerds, I'm Sarah, the paper nerd, and if you've ever wondered what goes into that greeting card you just sent or received, well, quite a lot. Get your paper fix on the paper fold where I host an enchanting mix of personalities and players all nerding out on my favorite topic, stationery. From the designs of our snail mail communications to the precious space created when two people correspond, there's a lot to cover. So come grab a seat in the stationery community's only five-star paper salon, the paper fold, now part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. I have 10, so I will start. I think we might have like one or two crossover as well. But, um, and I tweeted this earlier. I'm just going to say, it's July when we're recording this and it's 90 degrees. I don't care. I have a cup of vanilla tea. I got a, it, to me, it's almost August, which is basically September, which is basically Halloween. So I got some spooky books. So I'm talking spooky books from now until November. And we're going to get into it. So my first one is called Clown in a Cornfield by Adam Cesar. I knew you would have this on your list. <laughs> I knew so it. Okay, so it's a young adult horror, which is apparently, I didn't know this, apparently that's one of my specialties, which I have since learned from Mallory. She told me this is what I'm always good at recommending. Clown in a Cornfield. I used to be terrified of clowns. I've gotten over that, and now I think they're hilarious, and I actually search out clown-related horror things. So this is a young adult debut, and Quinn Maybrook finds herself caught in a battle between old and new tradition and progress that just may cost her life. So Quinn and her dad move to this tiny, boring place called Kettle Springs to find a fresh start. And what they don't realize is that ever since the corn syrup factory shut down, this is the most Midwest book I've ever heard of. I'm so excited. Ever since the corn syrup factory shut down, the city of Kettle Springs has cracked in half. One side are the adults who are desperate to make Kettle Springs great again. And on the other side are kids who want to have fun, make prank videos, and get out of Kettle Springs as quick as they can. But while it's caught between the battle of old and new, tradition and progress, there's a fight that's going on when Frendo, the Bay Pen mascot, a creepy clown and a pork pie hat, goes homicidal and decides that the only way for Kettle Springs to grow back is to call the rotten crop of kids who live there now. I'm so excited for this. And if you're wondering if the cover is a cornfield in like a crop circle shaped like a clown face, it is. This is, the, this is gonna be the best book of all time. Not even that. It's like stylized in a way that makes me think of like 1980s horror books as well. Yes, the cover is fantastic. It very much harkens back to old timey uh, horror books, and also like it just seems real campy. And I haven't read it yet, but it just like it feels like the author's like, yeah, this is not to use a play on words, corny, and I don't care, and I'm gonna lean in. I'm so excited for Clown in a Cornfield. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I saw that. I was like, that's an Adam book. Um, 
my first one, I talked about this at the beginning of the month because I was reading an advanced copy. So apologies, you're gonna have to listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> but for new listeners, um, my first one is The Lions of Fifth Avenue by Fiona Davis. Fiona Davis has been on our podcast a couple of times. We love her. She writes historical fiction books set in New York City, where she will take an iconic New York landmark and um, tell uh, a story that goes back and forth between two timelines that are usually connected, but you don't always find out how. Sometimes you don't find out until the end. Sometimes you find out early. But um, in this particular one, The Lions of Fifth Avenue, refer to the lions outside of um, New York Public Library. And so this is about a, um, the 1913 story is about a woman, Laura, whose family lives in the apartment within the New York Public Library. Um, it's just, which is a real apartment. <laughs> the, the groundskeeper or the staff would sometimes live there in like in the library, which is just bananas and awesome. Oh, cool. Um, and she's a reporter or trying to be a reporter at a time when women reporters weren't really a thing. So that's 1913. And then in 1993, her, um, granddaughter works at the New York public library and they're trying to do an exhibit about sort of like the history of the library. And she comes across her grandma's stuff, but then there was like a whole thing when her grandma worked. And so, you know, not quite sure what's going on or who knows what it's not really a mystery, but the, the fun thing about Fiona's books is trying to figure out how everything will sort of be tied together at the end. Um, so that is the Lions of Fifth Avenue. I think my favorite thing about Fiona was the first time we met her was in person. And she was like one of the first authors who told us like, yeah, if you're ever in New York again, next time, look me up, we'll have a glass of wine. And that was like the first, one of the first truly cool times. I was like, man, this is. She's best. amazing. She's lovely. Best. Love she her. Lovely. Uh, my next one is The Space Between Worlds by Micah Johnson. Uh, this is a science fiction novel where multiverse travel is possible, um, <clears throat> but the, there's a catch. You can't visit a world where another version of yourself is alive. So there's a main character named Kara, and um, her like parallel selves are really good at dying. So there's 372 other worlds that she can travel in because her herself has died in all of those other characters. Um, and so what she is is basically a person who, because she's able to go to these other worlds, she's able to research them and like discover different things because all the worlds are kind of close to what we live in now. So it's relatively similar. And so uh, she realizes what once made her marginalized has made her an unexpected source of power. So uh, she goes through all of these other worlds and begins to realize that like these doppelgangers are of hers are dying like really mysterious and weird circumstances and it's kind of putting her into this world of like secrets and trying to figure out what's going on um and it's just it's a really like powerful story about figuring out like your own identity and privilege and belonging um the, the author's african-american and so it's it's not something where like on its surface you would think that it has to do with race relations and like caste systems and stuff but it, it very much does and it's it's really, really good. The world building is awesome. So that's uh, The Space Between Worlds by Micah Johnson. Um, my next one is Bookish and the Beast by uh, Ashley Poston. Poston? I think it's Poston. I'm actually not sure. Um, she writes these, these fun 
geek retellings of fairy tales centered usually around um conventions like cons Mm -hmm. her thing her series is the once upon a con series so so it's so good um so uh this is the beauty and the beast one the main character is named rosie thorn (laughs) which is just wonderful delightful Uh, um, so on her college application essays in her small town um, she's like working on that she's at this like place in her life where she's struggling with the grief over her mom's death and her only solace was her late mother's library of rare starfield novels which is again just Mm -hmm. like this wonderful thing that sort of keeps popping up um, in her book so on the other hand we have Vance Rains fantastic name good vance is hollywood royalty and um when a tabloid scandal catches up to him he's forced to hide out somewhere the paparazzi would never escape uh, expect to find him which is of course small town usa where rosie lives um but at least there's a library in the house but he doesn't read so that's a problem (laughs) so then um their rosie and vance's paths collide and um a rare book is accidentally destroyed and then rosie finds herself working to repay the debt and while most starfield fans would jump at the chance to work in close proximity to the vance reigns rosie has discovered something about vance he's a jerk and she can't stand him (laughs) oh god it's lovely i love it so (laughs) um yeah geeky geeky beauty and the beast and it's a rom-com I think so. Yeah. Her books usually are like rom-coms um, and they are centered around this sort of like cosplayers and conventions and uh, they're, they're delightful. Okay. I, so I don't read many rom-coms, but I think I want to read this series because that sounds so good. I'm like, so if they're YA that. too. Um, and her first one was Geekerella. Um, okay. Yeah. And I forget what the second one was. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. I'll give you another YA horror. Uh, Harrow Lake by Kat Ellis. Uh, so this is super cool. It's, this is another like encapsulates so many things that I love. So the main character, uh, their, her, name, her name is Lola, and she's the daughter of a celebrated horror filmmaker. And she's basically like, because this is how she grew up, she thinks nothing can scare her. Um, but what ends up happening is that her, she has to get sent to the small town that her dad shot his most disturbing slasher film because uh, her dad gets attacked in New York city and it's no longer safe there. So she has to go live with her grandmother uh, that she's never met. And the place is called Harrow Lake. It's a creepy town. Um, This iconic horror film was shot there. And uh, the locals are like creepily obsessed with the film that put their town on the map. So I love like small town, creepy people. So good. And um, then what happens is Lola has a stalker that's following her everywhere in the town and is obsessed with her. And um, it's, she's uncovering all these really creepy secrets of this small town. And one of them may end up, uh, you know, completely ending her life. Um, so it's called Harrow Lake by Cat Ellis. It's so good. And the cover is just like, it's a black and white picture of the main character. And it's like shot out of focus. So creepy. Um, I, won. So I did yeah. see that one. Harrow Lake. So my next one is called uh, Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents by Isabel Wilkerson. We talked about Isabel Wilkerson in 
the podcast um, about like anti-racist books because she wrote The Warmth of Other Suns. This one um, is also just as immersive, just as deeply researched with stories of real people. And it looks at America's um, hidden caste system and the rigid hierarchy of human rankings that sort of, you know, go beyond just race, class, um, and just sort of like exists as this hierarchy. Um, so if you enjoyed the warmth of, again, that's like, it's, if you liked and enjoyed reading the warmth of other sons, um, you'll probably also like, uh, cast, which comes out, um, this month. Yeah, I had that on my list too. I'm really very interested and excited to read that. Um, my next one is called Ray Bearer, which is hard to say, by Jordan Ufueco. Uh This is, Jordan's going to be on the podcast later this month. Um, this is a young adult fantasy, and it says for fans of Tomi Adeyemi and Saba Tahir. So I actually, when I responded to the publicist, like I didn't even read beyond that. I was like, yes, that sounds perfect. Um, but I am just starting to read this, so I'm going to read you the description of the, the book, and then again, it should be on the podcast later this month. But uh, nothing is more important than loyalty, but what if you sworn to protect the one that you were born to destroy? Tarise has always longed for the warmth of family. She was raised in isolation by a mysterious, often absent mother known only as the Lady. The Lady sends her to the capital of the global empire of Arisar, to compete with other children to be chosen as one of the Crown Prince's Council of Eleven. If she's picked, she'll be joined with the other council members through a ray, a bond deeper than blood. That closeness is irresistible to Tarase, who has always wanted to belong somewhere. But the lady has other ideas, including a magical wish that Tarase is compelled to obey, kill the Crown Prince when she gains his trust. So this sounds like it is the, I believe it's the beginning of a trilogy. Um, but I'm really, really excited about it. The cover is gorgeous um, and everything I've read about it. Um, again, I'm just starting it and it's really, really good. That All the reviews are fantastic. My next one is Being Lolita by Allison Wood. Um, Allison was on the podcast on Monday with an interview I did with her. Her book is a memoir about um, when she was 17 years old. She had a high school teacher who kind of groomed her into a relationship using um, Nabokov's book Lolita as sort of his way in, so to speak. Um, and so it's all about her relationship with him um, and then sort of how she's kind of built her life and put it back together after that relationship ended. Allison was so much fun to talk to, so I don't want to talk too much about this book. I will say, though, this has, and we talk about this in the podcast, we probably talk about covers for like 10 minutes because this book... I love the cover of this book so much because it's so layered and nuanced. If you know um, the book Lolita, if you know any of the movies, if you understand what the book Being Lolita is about, it's just like, it's just, it's such a simple cover, but it's so good. Um, it has the, the heart-shaped red glasses and they're cracked and broken and it's, I love it. So that is Being Lolita by Allison Wood. Yeah, and in all seriousness, we joke around a lot, but if you guys haven't listened to Jill's conversation, it's so, so good. Definitely go back and do that. I was, we do a lot of interviews separately when it's like a book that is 
up one of our alleys and that was very much yours and i was like when you got done telling me about it you're like that was so so good and like i listened to it and you guys haven't definitely go check that out yeah we and like allison and i follow each other on social now and i i remember telling her and she thanked like she emailed me after the episode went out to thank me um because she listened to it and said it went really well i was like yeah i was reading your book and I texted my co-host and I was like, there's a single chapter where she mentions Lolita, the bell jar and Margaret Atwood. I think we're going to be good. <laughs> yeah. So Jill actually made a best friend in addition to doing an <laughs> She also did something that I love when we interviewed debut authors where she retweeted us and she was like, baby's first podcast. Which I, love, I love when debuts do stuff like that. Uh, um, okay. My next one. Yeah, sure. I'll talk about a horror novel. The Companion by Katie Allender, I think is how you pronounce the last name. Also uh, saw this one, did not put it on my list. Oh, yeah. and like, speaking of cool covers, it's a, like a very fancy old-timey silver spoon with a bunch of nails on it. Looks mm-hmm. very haunting. Um, this one is, I'm currently, um, this is on my, uh, I have a hold on this on like three different libraries. So this is a creepy orphan book. Uh, the other orphans say that Margot is lucky. Lucky to survive the horrible accident that killed her family. Lucky to have her own room because she wakes up screaming every night. And finally, lucky to be chosen by a prestigious family to live at their remote country estate. But it wasn't luck that made the Suttons rescue Margot from her bleak existence at the group home. Margot was handpicked to be a companion to their silent, mysterious daughter, Agatha. And at first, helping with Agatha and getting to know her handsome older brother seems much better than a group home. But soon, the isolated gothic house begins playing tricks on Margot's mind, making her question everything she believes about the Suttons and herself. Margot's bad dreams may have stopped when she, be- when she came to live with Agatha, but the real nightmare has just begun. Absolutely give me all of your gothic homes and the creepy stories behind them. That's The Companion by Katie Allender. So good, yeah. Um, my next one is called The Last Stargate. Last, oh my gosh. Last Stargazers. I don't know why that was so hard. Um, by Emily Levesque. Emily is actually going to be on the podcast this upcoming Monday. I interviewed her at Midwinter, which seems like five years ago. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that was 130 years ago. It feels like it. So um, Emily is uh, an astronomer, and in her book, she talks to other astronomers um, and just sort of about what it's kind of like um she's just basically like peels back the curtain of of life and says as an astronomer and the things you see and the equipment and um you know this i i talked about her i remember in the podcast um very distinctly talking about how you know when we think of the world we have kind of two really unexplored areas which is um the oceans and then we have space but the oceans, we know there is like a finite limit to the ocean. Like somewhere there is a bottom of the ocean. We maybe have not gotten there yet. Um, or if you do, you have those creepy glow in the dark like fish. <laughs> but like we know there is a finite amount of ocean available to us to explore. Whereas space, we have no fucking clue where that thing is. <laughs> so it's just like, it's just this whole world out there that is so big and expansive and there's so much out there that we don't know about space. And I love this idea of someone in the profession kind of going and and talking to other people as part of that. Um, So 
she will talk about that more on Monday um, when my interview with her goes up. So you can look forward to that. Uh, man, space and, and deep water scare the absolute hell out of me. There's, as you just eloquently put it, there's so much of it. There's so much space out there. It's it just... doesn't scare, like, it doesn't <sighs> scare me. I also, you know, wrote X-Files fan fiction when I was in middle school. So, <laughs> you know, and I wrote, I wrote Sequest fan fiction. So, like, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, well, I, we don't have six hours to talk about those two things, but we are circling back to those at some point. Right, Sequest and X-Files fan fiction. Thank we you have very much. We a podcast together for, like, five years. <laughs> I'm just now learning about that. Oh, goodness. I wrote Labyrinth fan fiction in college. Like, that I wrote a lot of fan crazy. fiction. <laughs> Sequest. Oh, yeah. Sequest fan fiction. Mm. Oh, chill. You rule. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my next one is The Eighth Detective by Alex Pavesi, I'm going to say. P-A-V-E-S-I. Um, this feels very Agatha Christie-y to me. Uh, so there are rules for murder mysteries there must be a victim a suspect and a detective and grant McAllister is this professor of mathematics who once like sat down and this is fiction i should point out um grant figured out all these rules and wrote seven perfect detective stories to demonstrate them uh that was 30 years ago and now he lives in a secluded mediterranean island counting the rest of his days until this brilliant ambitious editor named julia comes knocking on his door and wants to republish his books uh, and together they revisit all these old stories, um, but it, the author is hiding from his past and the editor is, really wants to understand what's going on. Um, but there's things in the stories that don't add up and there's all these inconsistencies and the editor kind of starts figuring it out and thinks that there's more to it. So um, it is very much a love letter to classic detective stories, but there's a very modern twist on it. So that's The Eighth Detective by Alex Pavesi. My next one is uh, Wandering in Strange Lands by Morgan Jerkins. Um, so Morgan um, is a black writer. And in this book, she traces her lineage and her roots um, by recreating her ancestors' journeys across America following um, the Great Migration, which is actually what Isabel... Wilkerson writes about in The Warmth of Other Suns. Between 1916 and 1976, million Black Americans left their homes in the South and moved to the North, to the West, Midwest, um, as part of the Great Migration. And so Morgan has gone back and followed in their footsteps to sort of understand her past, her lineage, but also to look at this like very big story about um, America as a whole and tracing, you know, like it's, you know, this isn't just about the great migration and that time between 1916 and 1970. There's like 400 years worth of history here in this idea of, of traveling as black people and being forced to leave or choosing to leave or moving because where you are is, is you're forced out or it's not safe and all that. Um, so this is getting a lot of buzz. I follow Morgan on, Social media, I'm very excited for this one. So that's Wandering in Strange Lands. Yeah, I saw the, the only reason it's on my list is because I was pretty sure you're going to have it on yours as well. So um, my next one is Where Dreams Descend by Janella Angelis. Um, this is the first of a duology, I believe. And 
believe the author is uh, Filipino American. So this is one that I think we will both be very interested in uh, because there's a magic dark circus. Um, so there is a city that is covered in ice and ruin and there's a group of magicians that face off in a daring game of magical feats to find the next headliner of the conquering circus only to find themselves under threat of an unseen danger striking beneath the scenes. Um, so it's <clears throat> both a fantasy and kind of a, a dark romance, um, but it's all about these different people. You know, one of them is like, one of the main characters is a, a showgirl out to prove that like she is the most important thing that the show has to offer. Uh, then the next one is Jack, who's kind of the head of the club. And there's this magician named DeMarco, who's a brooding judge with a dark past. Um, this, it sounds a lot to me like um, the Daughter of the Burning City, which I absolutely loved. And it has a blurb from M from our friend, Emily A. Duncan. So um, super, super excited for this. That's Where Dreams Descend. And the cover is very, almost like Phantom of the Opry. It's, um, it has the red theater curtains with a chandelier and someone like hiding behind it. That's very, very good. So, yeah. My next one is Sitting Pretty by Rebecca Tossig. So Rebecca is the um, disability advocate and creator of the very popular Instagram account, sitting underscore pretty. And this is her memoir about growing up as a paralyzed girl. Um, you know, when she was growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, all she really saw um, in terms of people who were like her were something like monstrous like the hunchback of notre dame or inspirational but like helen keller or angelic like forrest gump and none of them really felt right to her so as she got older she longed for finding more stories that showcased um disability to be just both complex and also ordinary and showed all those nuances so she started her instagram account and now she has this um book coming out and yeah, I'm very excited for it. Um, so it's sitting pretty. It kind of reminds me of um, Brian LaSalle did a, a YouTube video where he talked about why he became a writer. And one of the main reasons he did is he was like, I was tired of seeing books where like there was one gay character and a group of friends and that gay character was like their defining trait was they were gay. Yeah. He's like, he's like, it's crazy, but I'm in groups of friends where there's more than one of us and we're more than just gay. He's like, right. there's a lot of parts to us. So yeah, right. it's so good. Um, my next one is The Death of Vivek Oyi by Akweke Amezi. Uh, this is, uh, Akweke is the author of um, Pet and Freshwater was the book that got like, a ton of attention. I think it was um, a National Book Award finalist, maybe. Um, this one is getting tons of buzz from like the New York Times and Harper's Bazaar and BuzzFeed and all those other places. Uh, one Afternoon in a town in southeastern Nigeria, a mother opens her front door to discover her son's body wrapped in a colorful fabric at her feet. And what follows is the tumultuous, heart-wrenching story of one family's struggle to understand a child whose spirit is both gentle and mysterious. Raised by a distant father and an understanding but overprotective mother, Vivek suffers disorienting blackouts, moments of disconnection between self and surrounding. As an adolescence, uh, as adolescence gives way to adulthood, Vivek finds solace in friendships with the warm, boisterous daughters of the Niger wives, foreign-born women married to Nigerian men. But Vivek's closest bond is with Osita, the worldly, high-spirited cousin whose teasing confidence masks a guarded private life. 
Um, I just, I loved Freshwater, so I'm really, really excited about this one. So that's The Death of Vivikoji. My next one is The Game by Lindsay Miller. Lindsay. Did you have this on your list? Or no, no? Okay. but I'm just excited that she yeah. exists in the world. So if you've, you've read Lindsay's book, this is slightly different. It's a, uh, it's young adult, but it's like a, a thriller. Um, I love this, I love the description. If you loved American Horror Story 1984, which I did, um, you'll die for this paperback original thriller <laughs> mashup of Agatha Christie's The ABC Murders and Riverdale. Oh man! In which a game turns deadly with a killer who picks his victims one by one, letter by letter. So every year, the senior class at Lincoln High plays the game Assassin, and um, Leah Prince has been planning her strategy for years. That is one hundred percent something I would do too if I knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, as a senior, I know we're going to play this game. Yes, of course, I will have my strategy planned out. Um, and she's really excited that it, she finally gets to play it. But then this game doesn't turn out to be quite as much fun because people start turning up dead. Um, first, Abby Asher, then Ben Bernard, and then Cassidy Clark. So the, the killer is sort of, again, like picking people by the alphabet. So that's fine. So, um, you know, the question is, can she stop the killer before um, her letter comes up? That sounds so good. Right. Oh, Lindsay is fantastic. She okay, I have one more. It's The Hollow Ones by Guillermo del Toro and Chuck Hogan. Um, I thought about not putting this one in because it is focused on an FBI agent and didn't really want to talk about police type stories at this point, but it's about Guillermo del Toro and there's like a dark fantasy part of it, so I left it in here. Um, so basically what happens is there's this rookie FBI agent um, who ends up turning their gun on their um on their partner because they're trying to apprehend this like rampaging murder and their partner inexplicably turns like violent and so it's it's self-defense but what ends up happening is uh odessa accepts this like low level assignment to just clear out the belongings of this retired agent and what she ends up finding puts her on this trail of this mysterious figure named john silence who is this man who is extremely wealthy and claims to have been alive for centuries and is either an unhinged lunatic or humanity's best and only defense against unspeakable evil. And so it's Guillermo del Toro writing a story and being involved in the story. So I'm sure it's going to be fantastic because he is one of my favorite creators of art. And I'm just excited about this one. So that one's The Hollow Ones. My last one is Body Talk, um, edited by Kelly Jensen. It's an anthology. Kelly um, has previously edited um, Don't Call Me Crazy, and here we are. She's an editor over at Book Riot. So Body Talk is all about, um, well, the subtitle is 37 Voices Explore Our Radical Anatomy. So it is um, stories, essays, true stories from um models, actors, musicians, um, everyday people, writers, sharing stories and experiences with the ways um, their body has affected their life in some way, um, from eating disorders to cancer to sexuality and gender identity. Um, I'm very excited for it for several reasons, but 
what's really exciting is that our uh, local friend and fan of the podcast, Kate, has a story in here. Yeah, she does. Love Kate. Kate is fantastic. Kate um, writes about her history of scoliosis. Um, it's it's a really fantastic essay. All of them are, are really wonderful, but um, got to give a, a special shout out to Kate for that. So that is Body Talk. And yeah, that's my last one. Yeah. Read all of those, but read Kate's piece first. Yeah, that's what I did when I got the advanced <laughs> Love Kate. Um, okay, those are all of our books for August. Um, if you listened to if you listen to this at or around the release date, which is uh, July thirtieth, I know a lot of people listen to our monthly book picks like sort of throughout the the month. But next week, if you listen to this again right around the thirtieth, next week the next iteration of Big Library Read kicks off. So the it's called the Darwin Affair, and the author is Tim Mason. Um, this Saturday there will be a bonus episode of our podcast in your podcast listening apps if you're uh subscribed to us where we interviewed tim mason he's a playwright um we had a lot of fun talking about some stuff he worked with dr seuss which i like live i like i melted down at the end of the podcast talking to him about it but uh really interesting guy and the, the book is really good as well um so that's taking place over the next couple of weeks um yeah i think that's the only like major thing i think so okay cool all right. Well, everything is in the show notes. I hope you guys enjoyed this and I hope you just enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.